From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online. Group therapy for the paranormally affected. If you have a real ghost story, we would love to hear it. Call in 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. 855-853-4802. That is the quickest way to get your ghost story on the air. Of course, you can always write in. And go to the back of the line, essentially take a ticket, because there's a lot of ghost stories that are written in that we are working on getting on the air. You can do that on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com, uh, or yeah, it's kind of like a fast pass. Yeah. Calling in, it really is. If you have a great ghost story, we would love to hear it in your own words. Uh, call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 855-853-4802. Press subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on, iTunes especially, Stitcher, YouTube. You won't be sending episodes to the show as they come out, delivered directly to you. And you pressing that subscribe button, believe it or not, helps us out quite a bit. It uh, tells those uh, those search engines, essentially, uh, that you like the show, and it ends up suggesting it to other folks, and that's what gets us more great ghost stories here at Real Ghost Stories online. Of course, bonus episode if you want it. Just go to our website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, Actually, go to iTunes, uh, search for Ghost Stories Online, and uh, give us a review there. After you uh, give us that review, email me back. Uh, the username that you used, email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and uh, I will email you back with a link to that bonus episode of our show, at Real Ghost Stories Online. I think that's everything. I think I took care of all of the... Uh, the housework i think so good yeah anything else you want to share no we got swag yes we do Let's have talk about swag. swag too yeah it's good swag i especially like the ghost story snuggie that's uh that's creepy and would make a great fall gift for yourself i think we need a couple of those or the ones you love mm-hmm. yes we could, we could be a, a family sitting on the couch just like in those horrible snuggie commercials with real ghost story online snuggies. Right. They, they, they sell them in different sizes, don't they? I don't know if they do. I'm looking. One size... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, one size fits all. Oh, there's a kid's one size fits all and an adult one size fits all. There you go. Okay, I was going to say. I'd say an adult one size fits all might be a little difficult for uh, our little two-year-old to be wearing, but uh, there is a kid's one size. So anyway, check that out. All sorts of great stuff on the website. Uh, real Ghost Stories Online. Just click on the uh, Shop Our Store section. On today's show, calls, letters, you know what we do here at the show. And we got some good ones for you uh, today. At least I'm assuming we do, because we don't really, we read, don't know. We don't really read them ahead of time. Uh, so it's kind of a crapshoot, but... Uh, I'd say every episode has been pretty decent. There's been a couple episodes where we walk away going, yeah, some of those stories were a little off, but yeah. uh, for the most part, I think we got uh, some pretty good uh, good stories that are coming into us. Uh, let's uh, kick off the show by doing a little bit of follow-up, some stuff that uh, was written into us. Jay wrote in, uh, Tony, you're on to something with that hair gel thing. Remember that I was talking about uh, when my parents were in here? Yeah. That I think I lost my hair because I used to put so much hair gel in it. And I used to have really thick hair. Now I have really no hair. And uh, my mother, I said, oh, you put all that hair gel in it in high school. And then it all went away. This guy says, my friend has very curly hair and used to put gel in it every morning. Uh, her hair started to fall out rapidly, and her stylist told her that gel actually does clog hair follicles if you use it religiously. I did. I, and can make you go bald. She switched to mousse and hasn't had a problem since. But here's the thing. The clogging of the hair follicles is temporary. What if it's consistently clogged every day because I'm putting... I, I put gel in it. Okay, you've been bald I created for- a... Uh, no, I, I made no. a temporary problem, a prolonged problem. Don't talk over me. You've been bald for two years straight. There's been no hair gel used, and you're not sprouting anything new up there. Oh, so Just you're saying... saying. What, what I'm saying, though, is that because of the prolonged use, it just did, did permanent damage. I don't think so. <laughs> is there any, any validity to that at all? Well, I think it can cause temporary baldness and cause your hair to fall out uh-huh. if you use it religiously. But the thing is, the clogging of the hair follicles, that's yeah. not a permanent thing. And you know what? Honestly, the uh, I used a lot of hair gel in high school. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I, I did switch to mousse. So I did have quite a bit of hair for quite a while after that. And uh, the mousse. Uh, you just bald. I'm sorry. It's beautiful. I love it. I know. I just, I want my hair back at some point. If I'm a ghost and I can pick to have hair back, 
I think I picked to have hair back. You've been either severely balding or totally bald the whole time I've known you. If you all of a sudden had hair, that would be the weirdest thing ever. I don't know that I'd find you as attractive if you had that much hair. Even if we were ghosts? If you have hair as a ghost, I'm going to go haunt somewhere else by That's myself. not nice. Well, that's just the way it is. God, even in death, I can't get my hair back. Nope. Since, by the way, your mom is freak out of freaking delight, uh, bring her back. Love you guys. There you go. We love mom, too. There we go. Uh, Shannon Lou Bo writes in, I feel the same about antique mirrors. They are windows for spirits to come through. They reflect the activities and emotions that occurred in the house it was in, especially if they were bad. I think so. Okay. There's another take on mirrors not too long back, and it kind of made me have a different perspective, or think of a different perspective on it. I forgot what the hell it was, but it made me go, oh, I never thought of it that way. Oh, yeah, here, here's what it was that, not that they're holding the energy, it's that they're kind of, they're able to pick up a different frequency. Okay. Thoughts on that, or do you think they hold energy? I think they hold energy, but I can see you going towards the frequency thing, because I think you understand frequencies a lot more than I do. You see, and I'm thinking that, because I'm thinking it almost like the Ouija thing, where the Ouija is not, the Ouija board is not the bad thing. Okay. You know, same thing on the mirrors. Just a thought. I don't know. Okay. I don't That's know. It's got to have some validity to you, though, doesn't it? I mean, if the board itself is not holding the demonic forces or whatever is coming through it, it's just a board, would the mirror be holding things? Or is it just a doorway for things to come through? I see your point, and I don't really know. I just know they creep me out, and I don't like buying mirrors. Mm-hmm. I especially don't like old mirrors. Yeah. And it, I'm just superstitious about them anyway. So, but if you know, yeah. but then again, it goes back to the whole objects thing. Objects sometimes people claim do they hold some sort of energy too? So, I suppose a mirror could do the same thing. I suppose a Ouija board could do the same thing too. I don't know if anybody knows the answer to that. Please email us or call and weigh in on that. Why old mirrors are creepy as all get out. Yeah, we could do a whole show about mirrors. We could. Uh, Melissa writes in, okay, uh, in this show you asked, why are some graveyards haunted? I asked my dad, who's in his 70s, that question the other day, and he told me a supposedly true story his mother told him. She swore it was true. She told the same story to him a few times, and the details never changed. My grandma lived in Salina, Pennsylvania, and the neighbor girl fell ill and died while her fiancé was in another town. They buried her right away because there wasn't any refrigeration. The fiancé came home the day they buried her and asked where the engagement ring was. After her parents told him that she died, they told him that they figured that they would want her buried with the ring he gave her. But he wanted the ring back for some reason, and he dug her up, lifted the lid on the box, and she was not dead. She must have passed out or something, and the doctor mistakenly declared her dead. The fiancé took her home, and they were later married. (laughs) What about that? (laughs) Wow, really? In in one way, she's got to be really thankful that the fiancé essentially saved her life. Yeah. Dug her back up. But on the other hand, figuratively (laughs) and literally, uh, she's going to be going, so you didn't want me to be buried with the ring you gave me? Why were you digging me up? I bet that story changed as soon as he started hearing noises from inside yeah. the coffin. No, I just I, I just had to knew. see you one last time. Yeah. Not that I, I wanted, wanted to the, the ring. ring and give it to someone else. <laughs> that cash it in. That yeah. if he really didn't want to marry her, that's the ultimate. Yeah, that's what you get. But it worked out. My dad thinks it probably happened back in the old days. You think? People were accidentally buried alive and died in the graveyard, so their spirits remain in the graveyard. Your thoughts? Okay. On the old, old ones, I can see that probably happened fairly frequently. Well, that's where the term graveyard shift came from. Did because you? they were checking to for the folks that were not so dead? Yeah. There, there used to be... You can Google it. I mm-hmm. don't have my phone. It was dead. But there used to be somebody that would kind of keep watch and... I don't know what the signaling system was. I believe there was some kind of signaling system or something they, you know, concocted to where if the person wasn't really dead, they 
They could somehow make it, I don't know if it was like a string with a bell or something, and they did that for like a couple of days or something like that. I don't know. Like the person in the ground? Yeah. Oh, wow. Google it. I'm sure I'm butchering the story, but... Interesting. That's where the term graveyard shift came from. People that would keep watch... And listen for the signal, or watch for the signal. Essentially. Google. Yes. Google. I'm, I'm asking you to, please. Google. Okay, let me look. Let me look. Graveyard shift. Let's see what the original job was. Graveyard shift is a shift of work running through the early hours of the morning, especially from midnight to late a.m. See shift work. Uh, that's our friends at Wikipedia. Uh, no, no. I don't got anything else here. Search origin of the term. Origin of the term. Graveyard Surrey? Shift. I wonder what Surrey would say. Let's see what this is. Okay, here we go. Late night, early show shift. Angling uh, uh, old and small, and they started running out of places to bury people, so they would dig up coffins and would make bones out of bone. No, that's not it. I don't know. I'm not finding it. I believe you. I believe that's probably somewhere in the origin of it. You got graveyard watch version of the phrase was normally used by sailors to watch uh, a group or position to supervise buried coffins. The graveyard link was made explicit in its definition. Okay, so essentially kind of what you just said. Yeah. There was some sort of signaling system that they had. I believe so. Maybe they just kept the people in the coffins above the ground for a little while just to make sure then they buried them. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just coming up with things. I don't know. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in if you have a uh, real ghost story. Ooh, somebody wants to uh, comment on the, the kind of ghostly texts that some folks were having. This one says, one time I received several emails on my birthday from a no sender, and there was a no message. They were just blank with random dates, some dating back to 1969, which I thought was weird. This happened a few months after my grandpa passed. I wasn't able to open them, but after then, I've always thought maybe it had to do with him. But does anyone have any idea what might have happened? I've also received blank text messages with no number, with nothing in them, just blank, and have always wondered if there was logical explanations to these events. Yes, you ended up on some sort of bad list. Kind of like the one you were on the other day? Yeah, oh yeah, where somebody, uh, uh, that was great, getting auto insurance quotes Oh yeah, from 500 people, and I never signed up for an auto insurance quote. There's a lot of bots out there right now. There's a lot of companies, here's, I know what that is. There's a lot of um, lead generation services out there that, for example, an auto insurance company pays for, and they're paid by the lead uh, to give these companies a lead. And when times are tough and times are slow, some of these uh, less scrupulous companies, what they do is they just kind of troll the web for phone numbers and names, and then they somehow submit it into these things as if that person submitted it in. Okay. And then it goes out and they sell it as a lead. And then all these companies think, oh yeah, so-and-so signed up for this. Nope. Every once in a while you get somebody who's like, oh, okay, Sure. But really, it's just BS lead generation that, unfortunately, a lot of companies are paying for. And it's it's getting so bad quality now because that's what these things are doing to generate those leads that it's just a, it's a mess. That would be fun to do as a prank to somebody. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. That's like the new high-tech fun version of sending pizzas to somebody's house, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's a pain, though. Oh, I know it is. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and then maybe that could be it too. I don't know anyone. Who I wouldn't do it to anybody I like. Yeah, but yeah, that that can be done. I mean, it's kind of like I mean, you could do the same thing with you know email lists. Um, you know, putting people's email addresses into lists, so then suddenly they get spammed by a thousand different things. Okay. You know, it's it's the same sort of thing, except it's people can do it with phones too. So there you go. That's all that is. Okay. Uh, as far as what what was going on with that guy with his texts, um. Yeah, it was just a, some sort of bad service, I'm sure, sending blank text messages. And you can pretty much set any date you want. You ever get an email from, like, the 60s? No. I have. Really? Yeah, because you can, you can set the date on your Outlook or whatever for whatever date you want, really. And you can 
date it way back and then Outlook will read it as that old. It'll show up way, way back if you search like the very beginning of your inbox because it'll be back at the beginning date wise in your inbox as a new email from 1969 or whatever year you want to put in there. Okay. It's kind of interesting. It is. Uh, so there you go. You all got a lesson on emails, texting, and how to harass people. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, let's go to a phone call. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in. Hi. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Ashley calling out of Philadelphia, Mississippi. have a couple of ghost stories uh, that you might, might, might seem interesting to you. Uh, pretty terrifying, I uh, might add. Um, I'll make it quick as I can. Uh, first one uh, has to do with my mom. Um, back in the early 60s, her father was a pastor of a church, a small church. Um, if, you, uh, if you've ever been to the South, you know there's a pretty much a church on every corner. Um, anyway, getting back to the story, um, her and her brother, would um, they had a habit of going to the church that was across the street uh, from from her dad's house, the pastor, and they would always go over there and play church, uh, you know, as most kids do. Um, this particular day, uh, I guess my mom, she was probably 11. Her younger brother was probably eight, nine years old. Um, when they got to the steps of the church, they heard a now, – now, keep in mind, this is a one-room church. When you walk in these old churches – um, the the churches are, are are just one room, you know, maybe a restroom at the uh, you know at the, at the front of the foyer or whatever, but it's only one room. When they got to the steps uh, before they walked into the church, they heard a loud choir playing. Um, so you know they looked at each other and you know confusion because choir this was on like a a Monday, you know. No, no choir practice, no church going on. Uh, anyway, when they when they opened the door, uh, they, they could still hear the music, beautiful choir playing. Um, when they opened the door, they walked in. To their astonishment, no one was there. They opened the door, the music stopped, the organ stopped, piano stopped, the singing stopped. They looked at each other. Their knees got weak. They fell on the ground in fear. They couldn't even move. Um, my mom and brother, um, my uncle, however, to this day, you know, they say that that, that they couldn't even move. Their, their legs went limp. They fell on the ground like they fell on their face and crawled out of the church, crawled all the way because they had no strength in their legs, I guess out of fear or something crawled all the way back to the parsonage, which is, you know, the, 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 the pastor's house, of course, which was about 50 yards. They had to crawl all the way back. Um, now to this day, they will swear on it and really don't like to talk about it. Uh, getting on to my next story real fast, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous, uh, first-time caller. Um, anyway, a friend and I... Uh, Three or four years ago, we were uh, watching the movie 30 Days of Night. And on one of the scenes of the movie, the, the vampire, you know, well, I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's terrifying. Uh, anyway, the vampire was holding one of the men up by the throat, and he said, Where is your God? You know, in some creepy vampire voice. And the moment that he said that, there was the loudest crash that you have ever heard in your life in my living room. And we, we were in a room in what I call my man cave. Uh, loudest crash, man. Uh, and he looked at me and said, what the hell was that? It sounded like a, a sledgehammer hitting the wall. At the same time, a cat screamed outside of our house and the street light blue. All right, that's my story. You guys uh, talk about it. I hope it's on one of your episodes. Love you guys. Bye. Well, 
I like the choir story. I do, too. In fact, I think you just got the title of our show, Haunted Church. Yeah. Uh, for this episode. Um, that That's creepy. That's, that's interesting because a lot of times I think people think of churches as kind of a solace from paranormal things, if you will. Um, although I think they can really be hotbeds of it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of folks, you know, they found it to be a very peaceful, happy place to be and to go. And I think if you're a human ghost um, and you're wandering around out there and you don't know what's going on, I think that might be the first place I'd go uh, is try to go to a church if I'm a ghost wandering around wondering what is going on now. Like, I'm dead. Uh, Supposedly there's this other side, but I'm still here. What the hell? You know, maybe then at least to investigate, you know, find some sort of clue. Maybe there's some portal there to get you to the other good side or something. So um, or, you know, it just may be a place of comfort for, you know, it's it's a place of comfort in life for a lot of folks. It could be a place of comfort, I'm sure, death as well. So I could see it being a very hotbed of ghostly activity. It sounds like those are happy ghosts still playing in the choir. So. I'm thinking that's probably a residual energy. Yeah. Because I doubt that every single person in the choir is going to be haunting the same church. You know, I think they had like organized choir practice for ghosts too. Maybe they just walked in like on Wednesday afternoon ghost prior choir practice. I Maybe they be, still have it. You know, if I were dead and I were a ghost, I'd be right there because I loved my choir yeah. days. I that sure would be, did. Uh, uh, but I'm with you. I think it might be a residual thing there. But that's still in the paranormal realm totally. you know yeah. and so not trying to discount it we're just saying it probably isn't a room full of ghosts but still you but know. the energy being sucked out of them is kind of interesting too yeah it is um and i could see that being good or bad just you know if, if you have something that strong and you're all hearing this music playing and these people singing it's a, probably a lot of energy that's being taken out of the atmosphere to have that happen so i could see that also kind of being a suck on you too if you're walking into that and suddenly bam you've lost a lot of energy so i guess that kind of you know does make sense i think as as much sense as any of these things can make sense you know yeah Yeah. um what about uh his his second story i don't know i was thinking um you know the crash and the light blowing and the cat screaming it made me think of a transformer blowing but i'm not trying to discount yeah that's just what i you know i'm gonna go with the logical one on that too i could see like a power surge of some sort Mm -hmm. popping something in your wall um and if it was really loud i mean if that light popped outside it could have been a transformer that you heard outside and it was just the sound vibration coming against the the house uh, which would make a loud noise um, then that sound itself, freaking out the cat, your, uh, light blowing outside. It sounds kind of like some sort of power surge. I just, I do think it is ironic that it occurred yeah. at that moment during with the movie. Time, yeah. With bad timing. Yeah. Um, or really good timing if, you know, you know, we want to call it that. But, um, unless there's other ghostly things going on other than that, I'm going to go with it was just the timing was just spot on to freak you out yeah so that's but but i'd love to hear more if you have more things that happen in that house that could very well change the uh the diagnosis of that situation right there 855-853-4802 855-853-4802 if you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us uh this letter comes in hi tony and jenny this is tony running from savannah georgia again with another story as i told you my last story there were several occurrences that happened at my grandparents home which we concluded were because of uh a fortune a fortune table my grandparents had a thrift shop with loads of antiques that fortune table just happened to be one of them my grandparents had these two small african-american porcelain dolls that look like farmers with overalls a male and a female doll both stand about a foot and a half high they have this little bench that they sat on in my grandparents piano room they looked like the african-american version of the annabelle doll really creepy the dolls would seem to move by themselves they'd be sitting on the bench then they would be in the middle of the floor, some other odd place like in the middle of the stairs. 
This would always happen when I was in the house alone, so I couldn't explain it away. This happened to several other family members as well. My aunt still has the dolls at her home. When both my grandparents passed away within two weeks of each other last August, my aunt and other family members took various items into their homes after the funerals. No occurrences have happened at my aunt's home. This is why I still think it all links back to the fortune table. There are lots of mirrors in the shop, some dating back 100 years. But I don't think I'll be bringing those home. I vaguely remember the story about the fortune table. Because we were like, what's a fortune table? Yeah, Yeah. I think we were more distracted figuring out what it was. But yeah, I I don't know. Sometimes Mm. those antiques, you know, they can just... We haven't really bought any since we started doing the show. Together. No, we sure haven't. We used to go all the time. There's I, a, I still like looking. I know that huge antique store that's yeah. close by. I used to love to go there, and no, it's not so much fun anymore. You don't like looking? I like looking, but then I'm like, do I really want to buy it? Do I want to take the chance that there's <laughs> something that's attached to it? Yeah, it's it's just kind of it's not as much fun now. We'll create a, like a little shack. Out on the side of the house, and we can, you know, it'll be like the Warrens. No, <laughs> I don't want to be like the Warrens. I'm sorry. No wanna, offense to the Warrens. You don't want to have the, sh- the the demonic room. This is room. as much paranormal as I want in my life, is our story time every night. The demonic room room. Nope. Got all sorts of fun stuff in there. I don't think so. House guests. <laughs> Katie writes in, I enjoy listening to your podcast and it keeps me company during the day at work. I wanted to touch on a more positive story that I experienced. My father passed away when I was about 20. I had a dream one night that I believe he visited me in. It was so vivid that I woke up as soon as it was over and wrote all of it down. In my dream, my dad was visiting with me and my mom was at my home. He spent some time with me and we talked about marriage. I was unmarried at the time and various other things going on in my life. He also spent time with my mom, and I just saw them talking in her front room. The part I remember the most was near the end where he expressed to me how it physically was painful to be with us. As much as he wanted to stay, and we wanted them to stay, he needed to go because he had reached the end of what he could physically bear. We were crying, but it was a peaceful parting, and I felt his love and felt comforted that there were other things for him to do. I interpreted that experience to mean that there are spirits or angels who do come to help us, but their time is limited. They're watching over us and give us help when we need it. I also believe that when we die, our spirits are greeted by those who have passed before. I believe they help us move forward into the next life. Likewise, I also believe that when we are born, we have people who bring us to earth. I've heard stories of women in the hospital who have delivered babies and have seen spirits of people who have passed. I enjoy a scary story as much as the next person, but sometimes it's nice to hear a nice one. Best of wishes with the show. I agree with Katie. It is nice to hear a good one every now and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there dark spirits who bring new people into the world too? Huh? I don't know. Anyone see demons in that delivery room? <laughs> yeah, well... I'm taking the nice story and going the other direction um, with it. You know, when you've been in labor for 12 to 20 hours... Is everyone it, a demon at that point? <laughs> especially the father, yeah. <laughs> yep. Everyone is just a demon. So, But seriously, I wonder. I mean, I mean, we're getting into Rosemary's baby territory here. But, hey, speaking of demons... Um, it's always that's a good. It's always a fun segue right there. Speaking of demons, we got an interesting call, and let me just play it here for you. Now, here's the thing: we talk about these things a lot. We are ripe for being pranked, of course, because there's a lot of people who just do that sort of thing. So take this for what it's worth. We're not going to try and call the number back on this. Um, I'll just play you what, what the uh, the call is. And and here's what, what the call is. It's just uh, five seconds, and this is uh, what I heard when I listened to one of our messages. Okay. Thoughts? Uh, sounds like somebody breathing weird. It is breathing weird. It's almost like clippy sounding. It almost sounds electronic to me. Mm-hmm. It almost sounds like it's reversed. So let me reverse it myself. Here's what it sounds like in reverse. 
Okay, that sounds more natural to me. Yeah. I think somebody clipped this on their phone, made it in reverse so it sounds creepier, called and played it. Okay. That's my... Anyone else? Somebody's trying to get us an EVP, but they're making one. They're making one up. Homemade EVP. (laughs) Mmm, homemade EVPs. Next on Martha Stewart Living. (laughs) I just love homemade EVPs with pumpkin pie. Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story. Um, and, uh, well, I don't want to encourage anyone just to breathe on the phone because that's kind of wastes our minutes. Uh, hi, Tony and Jenny. It's uh, Tony again. Up until three years ago, I owned my own cleaning business. I would clean several bars and restaurants in downtown Savannah, Georgia. Of course, most of my cleaning had to be done at night. One restaurant that I cleaned is a popular sports bar that's built in the area that was once City Markets that sold everything, including slaves. Pirates would come through the market from time to time. Hostages back out, uh, back out to sea, brought, or brought from back out at sea. Mostly women and children. Every night walking into the bar, I heard what sounded like a can being kicked. But when I turned around and looked, there was nothing. I had a nightly routine of coming into the bar. I would turn the bar stools upside down on the bar. One evening I was downstairs mopping the floor when I heard a loud crash. I ran upstairs thinking someone had broken into the restaurant, but it was all the bar stools laying on the floor. Now keep in mind these stools weighed about 25 to 30 pounds each, so the wind couldn't just blow them off. The next day I was cleaning the windows that faced the new city market. The bar stools were behind me. I could see the window as the stools fell one by one all the way around the bar as if someone's hand hit each and every stool. Being the Christian that I am, I brought my black my, my Bible back with me as a sort of protection. Things seemed to be calm for a while up until what would be my last day. I was gathering up my supplies, about to head home, when I heard what I thought was the kitchen staff or the manager down in the basement. Most buildings downtown have three floors, which is unusual in the southeast area because the land is so low. As I'm heading out the door with my supplies, I run into the manager that said he was the only manager on staff scheduled for that morning. The sounds I heard downstairs were those of knives being hit against one another. I alerted the manager that I would no longer be servicing their establishment. He in reply said, I'm surprised you lasted this long. Most only last a couple of weeks at best. Now that I think back, all the employees there left in pairs when having to work late. That's crazy. I think I saw something like that on Unsolved Mysteries once. Really? It's like bam, 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 and the stool's off. It was like some similar type situation. Savannah's one of those places I want to visit, but I'm just too afraid to. Yeah. Because I'm just too sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. I think it would just, I'd, I'd be so... Would you be on a depressed vacation? I don't know that I'd be depressed. I would just, I think, be incredibly anxious and uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And where do you stay? Yeah, really. I mean, sure, there's the, you know, the comfort inns and such that you could find to stay at, but... When you're in a place like that, you kind of want to go to a place with character and you want to, you know, stay in some of the older establishments. At least I would. Really? Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, and maybe not necessarily like a bed and breakfast or like a hotel with like five rooms, but, you know, some of the larger, more historic yeah. type hotels, which I'm sure are you know, just as infested as the smaller ones, not more so. I would just love to go there because of all the... You know, the history and everything, but mm-hmm. that's also what's keeping me from going there. Yeah. It would be interesting. That would be a fun place to go someday. Someday. Would you go? I mean. I would. You know, there's a handful of places on my list of I would really like to go, yeah. but I'm not sure that I could yeah. could handle it. It'd be interesting. I think it'd be fun. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in. To real ghost stories online to get your ghost story on the air. Marianne writes in, So my boyfriend and I moved into our first apartment together. It's been several months, so we're very comfortable here. Him and I were uh, were lost with life at the time. Things just kind of 
living the fast life with drinking and partying. Well, I kept hearing pounding on the walls before we'd go to bed and complain to my boyfriend, in which he said he never heard. One morning, he got up to go to work at 6 a.m., and I moved to the foot of the bed with my head towards our bedroom door. It was weird because something told me, Marianne, get your Bible. And I opened my eyes to see it by a bunch of beer bottles. Then I got really tired and fell asleep again. Then something told me, get your Bible, Marianne. So I grabbed it, and by my left side of my head on my pillow, I fell asleep sooner than I realized. I fell into a sleep paralysis and was able to hear loud, heavy footsteps come running towards my bedroom. It was weird because it sounded like there were more than one pair of footsteps, but I was lying there in this paralysis state of fear. Something came over me, like leaning over me, breathing heavily, so realistic I could feel my eyelashes moving from its breath. At this point, I was so scared, I tried screaming out, and I prayed like no other person I've ever known. Whatever it was tried pulling me off my bed, but my Bible was keeping me on the bed. It was very weird. Then it started growling, and the more I prayed, and my prayers kept uh, scrambling, I was so scared, I was crying, and my heart beating out of my chest. I got the nerve to open my eyes, and I saw a very ugly thing. It was a face uh, staring at me, which I stared deep into its eyes. Its head was like a bull. It had a pig's nose with horns that were probably bigger than its head that came out into its face and had a piercing that came from its ear to its nostril. I wake up screaming and crying. I felt so weak and scared to be in my own home. The creepier thing was, all the dogs in the neighborhood were howling in the alley. This really happened to me. I was in a bad moment in my life. I'll never forget the things and its face and its empty eyes. I dealt with a lot of sleep paralysis. It happens to me constantly. I would love to share more of my stories. Thank you. Love the show. From Longmont, Colorado. I'd like to hear more of the stories. Sounds dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that, that's a sleep paralysis story where I go, yep, that's uh, not just sleep paralysis. No, no. The dogs in the background, that's what creeps that's me That's usually out. the sign that something's paranormal is going on when your pets are going crazy, too. Yeah. They're like, it's, you know, it's like the, the bird in the mine. Mm-hmm. It's like, if this is really a ghost and it's not just something else, your animals are going to be going a little bit nutty. I agree. So, 855-853-4802 is a phone number again to call into the show. And, of course, we'd love you to press that subscribe button, whatever you may be listening on, if it's iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever it may be. That helps us out quite a bit. Let's go to the phones. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. This is Selena calling in from Woodstock, Ontario, Canada. I'm the one with the Mary Ignis Nellis story. I'm actually calling this time to tell you a story of my mom's um, that I thought would be a cool addition. Um, my mom's like me, where she's seen things her whole life, but of course, every time you see something, you want to chop it down to some kind of coincidence or just seeing something. But um, this story is about a neighbor, kind of. <laughs> so my mom had found out that the neighbor's grandson across the street had passed away, at, I think it was either between 19 and 21 years old, and that he had just dropped at work and nobody knew why he had died. So everyone was across the street at the grandmother's house that night. And my mom has an illness, so she has to wake up a lot during the night and take medications. So she had gotten up and went to the washroom and got back in the bed. And a young man just sat down on the end of the bed, facing the window, like looking out the window. And he had a towel around his neck, and he was just sitting there naked with this towel around his neck, staring out the window. And my mom just thought that this was the strangest thing that she had ever seen and like who is this why is he looking out the window so she kind of remembered up across the street and he faded out pretty quickly and she got up and noticed that everyone was across the street at this grandmother's house so she was she got back into bed and she just kind of thought you know that that couldn't be him you know he passed away at work why would some naked guy be on the end of my bed in the middle of the night like that's very strange so she promised herself that she would never bring this up to the neighbor just because you know very sensitive subject losing somebody so young so my mom being my mom um like me who has a nice large mouth um ended up actually bringing it up to the neighbor about seven months later and she told her the story that that was the night that he had passed and she's like, it doesn't make sense, though, because he was sitting on the end of the bed with a towel around his neck, like just hanging, like just, you know, resting. 
And uh, she's like, it doesn't make any sense because he passed away at work. And that's when um, the neighbor just burst into tears. And she's like, no, Joanne, he passed away when he got out of the shower. So that's just another one of those stories that's kind of beautiful in a way because it's almost as if my mom could pass on that he was there with them, watching them from across the street. And, and, you know, I just thought it was beautiful. I also just wanted to say again, I say this every time, just thank you so much for this show. Because doing the home reading that I do, when you go into these situations, I tend not to go into the smaller situations. I tend to go into after other people have been there um, and tried to figure things out. These people, you meet them and their hands are in knots and they're just so anxious because just being able to find someone who will listen to you and, and find an outlet where people can find answers, that's so much a lot of the time what these people need. Because situations can evolve into such bigger, more complicated situations. But when you have an outlet like this with people calling in with information and advice, a lot of the advice has been really amazing and really good. And I was really surprised with how many really educated people are out there. So again, I just want to say thank you to you. You guys have really evolved in this show, and it's a really beautiful thing. And I just, every day I love it. It means so much to me. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Thank you, too, for calling in. That I love it when she calls in and has stories. You know, I hate to think, though, that if you die getting out of the shower that you're a naked ghost. That would kind of suck. Yeah. And I hate to think that you're stuck with the same towel for all of eternity. Yeah. Although I do stick with the same towel for sometimes up to two weeks. I know you don't appreciate that, but sometimes up to two weeks. I switch them out on you. Really? I do. Well, I used to. Years ago. Yeah. Before we met. That's Actually, no, good. it was when we met. It was just when we were in, at our own places. Yeah. Towels would stick around for a while. Well, at least if I died in the shower, I'd have a somewhat fresh towel. <laughs> you would now. I would now. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that, that's interesting. Um and that's one of those things where you got to wonder because the person died very recently, showed up. Is that one of those where they're through going through the process of crossing over and they're not necessarily, you know, going to be the residual ghost that hangs out? Because it sounds like it didn't continue on unless there's a part of that story that we're not hearing. Well, she said he faded out very quickly. Yeah. So I don't know if that's symbolic, meaning he, you know, whether or not it was just that instance where he faded out or... You know, if he was, like you said, in the process of crossing over. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wish one of, the, one of these times a ghost would uh, pick up like a, a, a Sharpie board or something and just go, there's another side. I'm okay. Just write the message out. Rather than all the cryptic symbolism and things of maybe this means that. Just just give us give us the de- text it to someone when you're dead. Okay. <laughs> text us the message. Okay. We don't need symbolism. Just tell us <laughs> what you're trying to say. You know? Yeah. What's the... I mean, obviously, you probably need a ghost uh, uh, Sharpie board or something to, to do that. But I didn't think of that part. Nope. What about just talking out loud? Maybe you can't speak. Maybe you can't hear the audio. That would probably take up a lot of energy, producing audio. Because there's not a... Well... It's not very often that we hear of ghosts, like human ghosts, that are speaking to people outside of like a dream. There's a lot of times where you see them. You hear them scream. But well, you, those, I'm saying the human ones. Okay. I'm saying, I think we, so a lot of times the demonic entities and stories that we get... Those seem to be the more audible of the ghosts. I'm not saying that they can't, but I'm saying it may take a lot of energy to produce the audio, and then likely the demonic-type forces probably have a bit more energy than the human ones. Let me ask you this. Is being a ghost like a skill that gets better the longer you're a ghost, the more skilled you are, the more things you can do, the more, more abilities you have? Like being a ghost for dummies type? Well, I'm just saying, you know, when you're you're new at being a ghost, you don't really probably understand exactly what's going on. But over yeah. time, do you start to figure it out a little bit more? And... I would think there'd be a learning curve. Okay. You know, what you can and can't do, what you can and can't manipulate. You know? Okay. Um, it's interesting. 
because when you talk about the energy and, and what they can and cannot manipulate, the fact that here's what always has kind of troubled me on the topic is they're able to walk around on floors, um, which is an object. I would think they'd just be floating right through the floors. But they float through stuff all the time. They can float through the walls. Why are they not floating through the floor? Why is the floor holding them up and the walls are not, are, 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 are no barrier? You know, get it? Because it, it's like, it's a force. Yeah. You know, so if there's some sort of gravity that's applying to the ghost, can they, is, and the floor is in place, why would they not be able to pick up objects at ease then? I don't know. You get, you get Some, what I'm saying? The, yeah. the gravity force of the whole... Uh, Sometimes these questions make my brain hurt. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I just... I don't know. You gotta wonder. Yeah. 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. I can make sense whether... I get it if they're just grounded to the earth. It's not... You know, it's not a physical structure. But sometimes we do hear the ghost stories of ghosts that are on floors that don't exist anymore. Just floating up above on levels that aren't out there anymore. Um, so that makes you almost wonder if whatever plane they're operating on is former buildings, former floors that don't exist that we can't see, that even the structures themselves transition into their new reality. Okay. Interesting thought. I don't know. Isaac writes in, my first story is not actually my own, but my mother's. Uh, Once, when I was an infant, my mother decided to check on me. When she entered the room where my crib was, she saw a silhouette of a man standing by my crib staring at me. She figured it was my father, so she went back to her room and got in bed. Then she rolled over, still awake, and saw my father fast asleep. That was my only paranormal experience until two years ago when my grandfather passed away. That's when I started hearing footsteps in my room. At first, I didn't think about it. Not much happened until about four months ago or so when we put my house up for sale. That's when all hell broke loose. The first thing I noticed were conversations between a man and a woman. It was coming from a room down the hall from where I was. I just shrugged it off thinking it was my parents, but then I realized I was home alone at the time. About 20 minutes after I heard the conversation, a clock went off. But that was odd because it was a Christmas clock that we only put up in December. It was June at the time, and it was even weirder because the actual clock itself was not on its proper uh, on this property. I tried to forget this and didn't think the house was haunted until the next week. I was laying in my room with my dog at the foot of my bed. This night I was sleeping with my door open, which I don't do, and this is why. We're lying there, and we're the only ones in the family awake at the time when I heard what sounded like heavy boots running through my house and the tile and hardwood floor and run up the stairs where my room was. I know this happened and was not my imagination because my dog woke up, ran to my door, and started barking and growling. It would appear to be nothing. It was the scariest thing at the time until last week. Many things happened in between the footsteps and what happened last week. Little things happened. Like, things will move on their own. Lights would flicker. Footsteps, doors would be closed, then open after I'd leave. Before I tell you the creepiest thing, I have to tell you how I'm not crazy and that this house is haunted. My cousin came over to spend the night. We're talking about my experiences, and then all of a sudden we heard two loud bangs in another room. We looked into the room, and nothing was out of the ordinary. We sat back down and started talking about my experiences again, and once again we heard one louder bang in the same room. Later that night, my cousin and I were trying to sleep upstairs in the same room that most of the things happened in. His experience was that he woke up at about four in the morning, and when he woke up, he heard my uh, click open, uh, then creak all the way open, and then slam shut. Two days later was when the creepiest thing happened. I was walking down the stairs when I saw an apparition of my grandfather in the same shirt that I remember seeing him in. He was watching me and smiling. He was gone once I blinked. That was just last week. But last night was the creepiest. I was home alone when I heard footsteps walk into the room I was in. About five minutes later, right behind me, I heard a sneeze. I looked back there and there was nothing there. But an hour later, I left the room and heard a deep male voice talking to what sounded like a feminine voice. 
I heard cabinets opening and closing. I figured that my parents, it was my parents, and didn't think much of it. So I walked into the room, and no one was there. I then searched the house only to find nothing out of the ordinary. I was then hungry, so I went out for a snack and got out of the cabinet. I opened the cabinet, then shut it, and put the food in the microwave, then turned around to see the cabinet wide open. The last event I'll tell you happened earlier today. I just finished cleaning my room and moved posters around. About 30 minutes later, the poster was ripped right off the wall very vigorously. Then moments later, another one was ripped off. Those are about half of my occurrences. I might write back, write back, but I don't want to bore you guys again with such a long letter. But I believe this ghost is my grandfather, upset that we put the house up for sale, which he built about 20 years ago, and he was the only other occupant of the house. That's what I believe, and would like to know your input if you agree with me that it's my grandfather or just some other spirit. Would you like for me to tell you the other half or not? But anyways, thanks for listening. I love your show. It's great. Even better with Jenny. Keep up the good work. I'd like to hear the other half. But as far as it just being your grandfather, I don't know. It sounds like there's a couple of things going on there. It's interesting. It's. I think it can be construed for something kind of dark. But without knowing much about your grandfather, I, I think it could also be construed as just a angry human ghost. Yeah. Did he have a temper on him? You know, was he a controlling individual that, you know, wanted to take charge of things? Um, Did he not like your posters? I mean... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... And would he be... Who would he be talking to? That That's what confuses me is the male and female voices. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, that's the odd part. You know, I mean, seeing him is one thing, but then it just, the other things, I don't know if they are in character for him or not. Mm-hmm. But you got to be careful because you never know if it's something trying to act like him so that you'll acknowledge it. Yeah. I mean, when when you saw the image of your, your grandfather there standing in the hallway, did... It looked exactly like him. Was there anything that was slightly different about him, other than the fact that it was a ghostly figure and he was already dead? But, I mean, physically, was there any odd thing about him? Did one feature not quite match up to what your grandfather really was? Because that's usually, there's usually something when it's a demonic entity, uh, impersonating, for a lack of a better term, uh, a, an image or a, a, a being that, that you would trust and know. Um, there's usually one thing that you kind of have to look for sometimes to catch it. Um, and I've heard everything from, uh, you know, the eyes being the wrong color to uh, a leg being the opposite direction um, an arm being the opposite direction, an extra finger, um, something. Okay. It's like a weird, distinguishable feature that if you catch it, you can go, that's not him, mm-hmm. or that's not who I think it is. But otherwise, it would have every single, um, it'd have all the knowledge of your grandfather, so it could hold on a conversation, probably more info than uh, than your grandfather ever had, actually. And that's an interesting thing where you have those conversations and you hear those stories because sometimes they'll start out where they're thinking they're having a conversation with their loved one. And the loved one is talking to them about something that only that loved one would know. But sometimes they reveal more information than that loved one would have actually known. Okay. Um, and then that makes the person pause for a moment and go, wait a second, you didn't know about that mm-hmm. or that you would never have knowledge of that because if it's a human ghost it's not going to take on infinite knowledge of everything about you okay it'll have the knowledge of what it had in its in your life and their life but it's not picking up new things um so I, i'd ask that i would you know if you see it again look closely sounds good and see if it still is the grandpa you remember 
One more quick story. Uh, it says, hi again, Tony and Jenny. Love the show. I think you guys have uh, really created something special here. I have two short stories, one that occurred just two weeks ago and one that happened to my cousin about 15 years. My wife was about to give birth to our baby girl when the dispenser in the uh, corner along with the sink faucet turned on and would not go off. This uh, three separate times in a span of about 10 minutes, the nurses said that it was just Emily being playful again. I found this very unsettling when I found out that this occurs all the time. Several doctors in the hospital uh, see figures in the hallways late at night and early morning. My second story involved my cousin, whom at the time was six. He had an imaginary friend for about a year. We all thought nothing of it and how detailed he was about his friend. Most of my family was gathered downstairs preparing to sit down for dinner when we heard screams coming from upstairs. My cousin had been locked in the closet which was sort of weird in itself because the closet had no locks on it, but it was jammed closed. When the door flew open, my cousin ran out crying hysterically, talking about the tall man. A search of the house began inside and out, but turned up no one. His father and mother, along with a host of uncles, questioned him for a while afterwards, but all he said was that he, the imaginary friend, used to be his friend, but that changed. The man told him to keep their friendship a secret. I remember my little cousin rolling his toy truck on top of the table, and it seemed a conversation with someone standing next to him. It's kind of funny how you don't pull things together until later. It's almost like the last scene of The Sixth Sense. Creepy. Until this day, my cousin still sticks to his story, and his story hasn't changed in the last 15 years. Well, those are my stories. I have plenty more coming. I guess that's the perks of living in one of the most haunted cities. You or someone you know always has a story to tell. Thanks for the show. That was a good one. Interesting. Where the imaginary friend turns on him. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. It is. You think there's good imaginary friends and bad imaginary friends? I think there's good imaginary friends and then there's bad things that are posing as imaginary friends. But could there be the good imaginary friends? Yeah. Like, like I, I okay, so... Yeah. It's just like any other ghost. Mm-hmm. Ghost people yeah. and ghost demons. Right. Each can be imaginary friends, but, yeah, interesting. And you think yours was a good one? I think so, because yeah, he never bad did ever anything happened. bad. And he left on his own. Yeah. You never told him to go away. No, nope. never told him to go away. It's interesting. Maybe maybe he realized I was getting too old or maybe he was there to help me through a transition time in my life mm-hmm. and then decided to go on and help somebody else. That's that's the way I like to think of it. Sure. I don't really know. You know, there's I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, for what again, for making sense of what the situation is, yeah. you know. But uh it's interesting. I, I like getting more of those stories. Do you enjoy hearing the stories now that you've kind of had that revelation a little while back about what you thought yours was and hearing other people's stories? I mean, this one obviously was a little dark, but the stories of imaginary friends in general. I've been absolutely amazed at how many people have had an experience like mine where they they had an imaginary friend who was a little bit more than imaginary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I never really thought that that was even a possibility up until we did that show. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't think about that. I just thought everybody saw theirs as plain as day. And then he decided to, or she decided to go off when it was time. You know, I didn't realize it was kind of like, like a kid with a binky and it's like, okay, it's time to get rid of this. I don't really want to, but I need to make it go away. Yeah. Interesting. I love getting those calls and those stories, and we got, uh, I'm sure, many more to uh, to read on that topic. I think a lot of folks, too, it's kind of a therapeutic thing for a lot of folks, too, because I'm sure you sharing yours yeah. also kind of makes people, oh, okay, I, I guess I'm not the only one who actually saw this friend. You know, we I've been doing this for, what, two months now, mm-hmm. and I have learned so much about myself and about... Everything that I I thought I knew I I don't. Yeah. But then <laughs> then there is a lot of stuff that I've learned. You know, yeah. it, it's it's been an amazing just two months. It's group therapy for the paranormally afflicted. Affected. Affected. Get it I like right. afflicted. I think afflicted sounds a little more intense. It's not always bad, so it's That's affected. Affected. Yeah, you're right. Because there's good and there's yeah, affected. You're right. Yeah. You're right again. No, I'm not trying to be right. <laughs> 
We'd love to hear your ghost stories. 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into. Of course, you can write in as well on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Share the show. Uh, I uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, MySpace, if you're still there. I don't know you're sharing it too at that point, but hey, every little bit counts. Uh, and of course, give us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you do that, email me the username that you used, and I'll reply back with a bonus episode. The email to send it to Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. For Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Sleep tight. Sleep tight.